0: welcome to episode 4 of the elevate podcast today i'm interviewing my dad harrand mac you know the man that raised me so obviously a very very special guest i'm super pumped to ask him some questions about his life and my life and just get to know you better well,
1: thank you very much for inviting me here I, I appreciate it i i take that as an honor
0: well uh, it's an honor for me as well have you ever done anything like this like no, a radio not. show no, or tv
1: no, no, no the first time
0: this is it right so is it. you're gonna be on youtube you're gonna be on instagram That's you already it. are but you're gonna get more more visibility so i'm excited to share your story our story yeah um and yeah. i figure Look, the best way to, to do this really is, uh, I think, to share a story that I have of us that I always love and, and cherish. And I think then we can go into your, your, your best and favorite memories. Um, so as a kid, I wanted a Nintendo. I always wanted a Nintendo. It was the oh. early 80s, and every one of my friends had one, and I was desperate hey, to uh, have uh, one. And you guys never got me one. You and Mom never bought me a Nintendo. But I used to always play with my friends. And somehow, some way, I was able to get my Nintendo because I, I think you bought me a bike or I found a bike. And, and then sold I, f- I it fixed and it up. Nintendo? No, no, I traded with... A, oh. One of my friends had a Nintendo he didn't want, but he wanted a bike. I wanted the bike, but I wanted the Nintendo more. So I traded and I got the Nintendo right before we moved from Virginia to Fresno. And my favorite story of you, one of my favorite stories of you is we were in Fresno. We had just settled in our new apartment and... Uh, I set up the Nintendo and I was playing Mario Brothers and I used to always tell you, like, come look, come look, come look. And you kind of got into it a little bit. I don't know if you played with me or not, but you kind of got into it. I know. This
1: this is is a story that I can elaborate on a little bit. Let's go back to why I didn't buy you Nintendo. Uh, Okay. The reason was that I didn't want you to spend... Because I knew that if you had the Nintendo, you would spend hours on end on it and you would go ahead and... And, and forget about your homework, uh, your schoolwork, and I didn't want that to happen. And that's one of the reasons I didn't buy you Nintendo. Instead, well, you went ahead and sold your, or traded your bike in for Nintendo. Well, that's fine. That, that was something that we couldn't do anything about, you know, and I was like uh, not crying over spilled milk. But uh, instead, I took you out bike riding. You remember we used to go out bike riding and then stopping at uh, Arthur Treacher's and we used Gosh. to have we used to have. I, I
0: remember Arthur Treacher's fish and chips. I don't fish remember the and biking chips.
1: and that. Oh yeah, and then uh, the hush puppies and all that, and we we also went to Rock Creek Park, you know, back in 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 Virginia uh, in near the DC border. So I thought if if I spend more time with you, it's better than buying Nintendo, because you, you probably would learn more being with me, uh, we not only did the bike riding, but we also talked, we went to Great Falls, saw the water, you know,
0: uh,
1: it, it was great, you know, we had we had good time, and uh, when you went ahead and got the, nintendo anyways yeah
0: so i I figured it out right i figured it out but i haven't even gotten to my favorite part of my story yet so i know when we
1: went to when we went to fresno we were in fresno and (laughs) i'm
0: playing nintendo and i'm like dad you got to come see this you got to come see this i'm just trying to get him to buy in because i want to hang out and i want to play nintendo and i know he doesn't care for it so i don't know how it happened but i leave one day i leave one day and i go somewhere i don't know where it is but i come home late at night And I open the door and it's dark (laughs) in the living room and all I see is this super bright shining TV. That's on in the corner and I walk closer and I walk closer and I see you on the couch right in front of the TV playing Super Mario Brothers in the dark. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, from the guy who wouldn't buy me a Nintendo to now your closet playing in the closet. like. Well,
1: previously you taught me how to play the Nintendo, the uh, Mario Brothers, and I never, never, ever got the hang of it. I always failed, especially when it jumped, you know, onto another landing. It just fell through. I, I could never do that. So I thought I'd practice, and then when you came in, and you saw me playing, the first thing that came to my mind: Why didn't I buy him Nintendo yet? <laughs> I am playing one, and who is this hypocrite? Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> were you having so, fun? Like, was it fun uh, and exciting? Like, did you know what you yeah, were doing? Yeah, it was. It was.
1: I have to be honest with you. It was exciting. It was. It was okay.
0: It was all right.
1: But uh, I'm still I, happy I didn't buy you uh, the Nintendo. But
0: uh, No, I think it worked out well. I think I got to play with my friends. I didn't have to deal with it. And we did get to do more things outside of just playing video games. So yeah. now that I told you one of my favorite memories, I would love to hear maybe one of your favorite memories of you and me or you, me, and mom, or just anything that comes to mind. The family? Yeah. One of well, your favorite memories.
1: Well, we had some
0: good time together.
1: One of the best memories that I have, back in 1992, 91, 93, 94, when we went to Vancouver in my old uh, Toyota Forerunner and The uh, red one? The red one, yeah. The reason we bought the red one, because you like the red color. Uh, you were seven years old when we bought that in 1986. Uh, anyway, from Fresno to Vancouver, it took us 20 hours to get there, but on the way we used to stop, uh, you know, in fast food places and have hash browns, coffee, and whatever you wanted. And when we get to uh, to Vancouver, you normally would start at 5 o'clock in the morning um, in Fresno, and by the time we get to the border, it was 12 o'clock at night. And by the time we get to my My parents' house, your grandparents' house, would be like about one o'clock in the morning. And my mom already had the dolma and pull-off ready in the middle of the night. And they were very happy to see us. We were very happy to see them. And we had a ball, not only in Vancouver, but on the way too. Um, Yeah. And then we had, had, my cousins uh, are in Vancouver and they had children uh, of more or less your age and uh, you were having fun there
0: yeah those were fun memories for me too i remember driving i think all the road trips we've done so many road trips oh yeah but yeah. i i remember driving from fresno to vancouver and spending two weeks in vancouver and hanging out and yeah i don't, with know. The cousins I don't and know if you were with us uh, because every time we went to vancouver more or less every time
1: we, we, we used to drive eastward to calgary but you never came with us did you did you come with us to Calgary I don't think I, I you went to Calgary several times on a plane but uh, we used to you know I used to take mom and dad to Calgary to see my uh, elder brother and then drive all the way back to Vancouver sp- stay a couple of more days and and then come back to Fresno um, yeah those are, those were good days you know? yeah. I was I was almost your age when we
0: did this like 45
1: like current age yeah like 45 yeah
0: yeah that was a fun time yeah i remember our road trips a generation has passed <laughs> so so how did how did becoming a parent change your life change your perspective and and this is like two parts what hopes did you have for me part 1
1: becoming a parent well uh, my bachelor days or even in my married years. We we were married for seven years before we had you. We never thought of, uh, you know, having a child at that time. But uh, I was carefree and, you know, almost had very little responsibility except uh, trying to find a job after college. Uh, But when we had you... My responsibilities increased, and as they increased, I become more mature, and uh, try to, to to work very hard to put milk and bread on table. and uh, and that was that was yeah, at that point. But when I was young, I used to lose a lot of things, like I don't know, money, umbrella, I don't know this
0: and that. I think I get that from you. I'm super absent-minded, and I yeah, lose like glasses yeah. and but, keys and wallets. But,
1: but when, but but when, when we had you, uh, I almost flipped 180 degrees and became responsible, more responsible. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember losing anything, or perhaps once, maybe you know, in my life after that, uh, marriage and. And having kid is is not an easy task. Uh, it's a uh, very, very uh, responsible thing that uh, one has to understand that. You know, Lots of people don't do that, and they end up divorced, and whatever, whatever, whatever. How long have you been married? How many years? We were married in 1971. This is 2023, uh, 52 years now.
0: And it went by just like that. Yeah. So uh, make the best of it. So what? What hopes did you have for me? Growing up, it made you responsible, and you know now it's like I game wanted, time. It's real.
1: Yeah, I wanted you to be the same. I wanted you to uh, to understand what responsibility is. But most of all, as my father instilled in me, respect. Respect for elders. I don't care about education. Education is good. It's not going to teach you how to live in, in the world. Education is only a ladder, a tool that you step on, you go up and see what, what's in the world and how to behave in the world. And that's that's what I, I think I did. I think I did a good job too because you turned up to be
0: 100% to my satisfaction. Wow. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, it means a lot. Well, you had a big, big role in... In that, in, in in raising me, and you know, a lot of things I do now are because of your influences. So, yeah,
1: I I try to be not only your dad but your friend. You know, we uh, as I said, we uh, we did bike riding together, and uh, we studied together. You know, uh, you know, we spent we spent. I yeah, I mean, you used to go to soccer. I, I used to go to soccer. Remember, you played soccer. I do. Yeah. Once I remember you were a goalie and <sighs> you got fed up and you got out and you started running like as though you were a, a fullback or a center or a forward and you went all the way, a goalie, playing the game and made a goal. In the meantime, you fell down and you cut your knee and we had to take you to the urgent care to
0: give you a tetanus shot. Yeah.
1: You were not supposed to get out of the
0: goal. <laughs> That was well, funny. We had to win, right, at all costs. So yeah, that see. actually that actually reminds me, I, I always thought about like the sports that I played. Soccer was a big part of my life. I even remember playing basketball. Oh yeah. Did, basketball too. How did how did you guys like what was the process around getting me into those sports? Like did I express interest in playing basketball or soccer? I don't remember. Or were you like, Hey, we should put him in soccer? We had a neighbor. Remember Nick? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. He was in uh, uh, Vienna Youth Club, V-Y-C, Vienna, V-Y- V-Y-S. No, V Y C Vienna V Y S V Y V Y S. No Vienna Youth Soccer. Oh yeah, Vienna Youth Soccer. And Phyllis, uh, his mother, you know, was a very good friend of Asia's, my wife. And uh, we thought that you you might be interested in playing uh, along with Nick and other other kids. So we uh, registered you in uh, Vienna Youth Soccer, and
0: that, that's how it started, and you chose number nine. Yeah, that was my lucky number. Yeah. Did I have that for basketball, too?
1: You know, I don't remember. I have to look at the back
0: uh, photos. I think like, you sent me a photo. I don't know if it was nine. Yeah, you used to I wear different, to? different color shoes in yeah. basketball, red and blue. I remember. <laughs> Everybody used
1: to say, what? <laughs> Yeah, your coach was a funny guy, and he'd come to
0: me and say, why is he wearing different color shoes? I said, well, it's what he likes to do. You know? I think it was uh, part of wanting to stand out, just being different. Could I always be. like being Could different. Be. Well, I know that we were talking a little bit last night as we were prepping for this too, and you said that um, uh, you loved or you wanted to be a teacher at some point, or you thought you'd be a good teacher. And one of the memories of I have of you is tutoring. I mean, gosh! In hindsight, I used to always tell people I love math and I love physics, and I think, I think I was good at it when I was, when I had the attention span. But I don't know if I really was in love with like math and numbers. I think I was just you were so good at helping me understand how to do it. I could figure it out, and I was like, okay, I'm good at this. Yeah. But but uh, what was your experience like tutoring me? Well, I wanted you to go to get ahead, and
1: and because. I knew so much. And I wanted to convey it to you. But it was just too much uh, for you to to grasp because you were young. And I didn't have the patience to, to, to go with you step by step. I used to jump ahead of myself and then get upset because you wouldn't understand because I was getting too much for you. Uh, but eventually... Eventually, I think you became sort of settled down a little bit, and I sort of mellowed down a little bit, and uh, you know we were we were okay. You know, uh, I tutor you for about an hour, maybe forty-five minutes, and then we get tired and and uh, and stop. But there were times that. I would say something, I explain something to you once you couldn't get it, and the second time you couldn't get it, and I could get upset. I, I didn't have the uh, the stamina, the attention or, span. Yeah. So uh, we talked uh,
0: about it last night. You were a great teacher as long as your student understood it at mm, least by the second time, if or not at the least, first.
1: Or at least, you know, I was looking for showing an interest. If I see yeah, my yeah. my pupil is not showing an interest. I either get upset or just simply give up. Yeah. Okay. But I'd be a better teacher or a tutor if I see the pupil, the student that I'm teaching is interested in. You know, that gives me encouragement
0: and, yeah. and I can I can produce more for
1: him or her.
0: Uh, I, I can relate because I remember because I get that from you and mom too the the being a good teacher or wanting to teach or transfer information because I do that now in my real estate business. I'm always teaching and coaching agents to develop businesses. But even after college, I was a teacher for algebra. I was going to ask you that and, question. And, uh, and is, uh, could
1: you elaborate on that? Or, who did you uh, who did you teach? And, and and I know you're asking questions, but I'm going to ask you this question.
0: It was a continuation school, so I taught kids that were expelled from regular public schools uh, for one reason or another. The unfortunates. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but it was fine. It was just. Uh, I, I think I got that from you guys, but I do. I do think back at when I was teaching these students, the ones that were at least making an effort to want to learn, you would pour more into them. And the ones that didn't care, you just, you know, it was harder to teach them because it's hard to teach anybody anything if they're not in, they're not interested. So that's interesting. But I remember those, those times where, gosh, there was moments where you would borderline even do my math homework in college because I was like, what is going on with this calculus? And you still remembered it somehow. And I, I don't know how you did it.
1: Well, you forget a lot of things, but there are certain things you never forget. But I forgot a lot. I
0: forgot a lot of things. If you don't use it, you forget. So I'm curious, how did you feel when I moved from Fresno to L.A. after I graduated college? We didn't want you to move. Uh, No doubt. We didn't want (laughs) you to move because
1: we'd like like to have you around. And we wanted you to continue on with your uh, computer science. But you decided to take... uh, uh, real, you know, I myself changed from chemistry to computers. Now, I cannot criticize you. You changed from computers to
0: real estate, which I'm, well, a, I'm very glad you did because you're successful. Well, both I'm of those weren't really choices. I, I did computer science in college because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and you recommended I do that. Yes. And then I got into real estate because I didn't really have a lot of options at that time in my life. So I decided real estate could be an option, but I just sort of fell into both. Yeah. And I made the best of it, right? Right,
1: right. And yet That's it, then you, you moved to uh to LA, well to Glendale first and then um uh, you uh, you you worked in your first uh, uh, brokerage firm and, and 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 you sold your very first home in Newport Beach Laguna. for over 2.4 million, and I was yeah. saying. He just graduated from <laughs> Real estate, uh, school. And then he sold his first yeah. home for 2.4 million. I mean, that was, wow. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun story.
0: That's a, that's, that's a story for another day, but definitely, definitely a cool, like yeah. Real but estate Anyway, story. uh,
1: we were not happy when you moved out, but then, uh, uh, you know, you were, you were adult. You were what? Uh, 21, 21 20? or so. And, uh. Uh, so I said, "Well, this is this is what he wants. This is what he's going to get." You know. Yeah. And then we ended up buying this condo in Glendale, and um, you uh, thought it would be nice to live in there because uh, even at time we we went to Glendale, we stayed with you in, in the condo, and uh, it was okay. And then you kept, you know going forward, you know, uh, from this brokerage firm to other brokerage firm for better and, and so on and so
0: forth. And
1: and now, uh, I, I, I see you as a successful
0: entrepreneur. Thank you. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge every single day to keep making it happen and keep moving in the right direction, but right. that's what we do. Talking about entrepreneur, um, were there any goals or dreams that you had when you were younger that you didn't pursue? I remember my grandfather,
1: my uh, maternal grandf- grandfather, uh, he got sick and he had a heart problem. And he used to live in Isfahan in central Iran. Uh, but then my uncle brought him to Abadan because there were better physicians, cardiologists in Abadan. I said to myself, my grandfather has a heart problem. When I finish high school, I need to be a doctor. And when I finish my college and became a doctor, I'm going to make him well. I was about 16 or maybe 17 then. And, well, of course, that didn't happen. My grandpa passed on about two weeks later. And I wasn't... uh,
0: did the dream pass on with yeah, him? Yeah, so you didn't want to be a doctor after he passed because there was no one to save. Not that
1: I didn't want to be a doctor; I still had that in mind, but somehow I hated biology. Although I took biology, botany, zoology, uh, along with uh, other sciences, but I hated biology. It was it was too hard for me. So when I uh, graduated from high school, uh, I went to England. I went to England and took a pre-college, two-year pre-college course. And in those days, they used to call them GCEs. I had to take three A-level, advanced-level GCEs. And I took Mm -hmm. physics, chemistry, and math because I didn't want to deal with biology or botany because I found them very difficult. I went to England and, and studied for about six or seven years, uh, two years pre-college, four years college, and uh, back to Iran. And, and, and my major was uh, my major was chemistry, but my specialty was polymers and plastics with a minor in quantum chemistry. So, I finished college, and I hoped that going back to Iran, I could get into the oil company and, um, and have a good position you know, with my education. But uh, the revolution of 1978 came along and uh, messed up the country, and we had to flee the, uh, the country to the United States. and That was a completely different, new life for us. Can you talk about that? Oh yeah. Uh, when my wife came to United States, she was pregnant with you. You were born in May, and two months later, in July, I came to United States. I joined you, but I was never there to see you were born. You know, uh, I could not help my wife. I could not comfort her uh, because I was in the military in, in Iran. I had to finish that. And before I, I move elsewhere. So I finished that in July of 78. I flew back to the United States. I bought a two-way ticket. So when I came to the United States, they see a two-way ticket, they wouldn't give a big, big deal. So uh, uh, I had to eat the rest of the tickets myself, not going back. We were lucky. Uh, we got our green card about a few months later. I was very fast, you know, through a lawyer. And... Uh, and I applied for uh, chemistry jobs in uh, lots of places, you know, send resumes here and there. But uh, as soon as they see the word Iran, you know, during this revolution, they were sort of hesitant to hire me because, you know, uh, not all the Iranians are, are, are what they seem to be today and as, as far as the government is concerned. Now, they're nice people. They're very hospitable people. But when you don't know anything about a culture, you always take the worst. So uh, I don't know whether that was reason or not. They I was not successful in getting uh, uh, what I wanted to do in chemistry. I went into computers. And lo and behold, after I graduated- What year
0: was this, that you went into computers?
1: Uh, this was 1980. And at that time, Iran was in war. With and um, after the graduation, uh, just like that, a week later, I found a job
0: as an entry level uh, in the computer. So, so what were you doing with computers as an entry level? As an entry level, uh, I was... you know, computers are a, <laughs> a big part of well, what we those do days. Well, those
1: days, uh, there were uh, uh, IBM 360s and uh, CDC... Control Data sixty six hundreds, and we used to uh, we used to program, and we used to program and key punch. You know those Hollerith cards. Uh, I used to write programs, uh, uh, analyze systems, uh, but not to a, to a level that uh, was very high. That came later on. Uh, when we decided to come to Fresno, at that time I was pretty experienced. In 1986, I was about f- maybe five years or six years into computers, and I worked with uh, with Arbitron Company in Laurel, Maryland. You know, the Arbitron was the uh, was the uh, competitor with Nielsen Ratings for television and radio ratings. Mm-hmm. And I was writing programs, creating big books as to who's watching television, what station is doing what, you know, all the ratings. The ratings. You know, that was that was a heavy programming. So I was involved in that. Uh, that was a very good job. You remember Key and Robert and Christine you used to play soccer with? You know, Key was my boss. Mm-hmm. You don't remember? No. Oh, yeah, we used to play soccer in, uh, in, in Maryland every Saturday uh, with Robert and, and, and Christine. They were your age. At any rate, um, uh, I had to I had to quit because we always wanted to go to California to come to California, and even before the oppor- opportunity presented itself, even before the opportunity, I even had a headhunter. I asked him to find me a job in Los Angeles.
0: Uh, I really. D- it was those days that the. Uh, what was it about California that you wanted to come come here? What? Like, how was it on your radar? You know, I I don't know. I can't answer you. It's because we wanted to. Like, go did to you watch Three's Company and? No, 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 Get no, excited no. about no, no, San, no, no like not that, the not LA that. beaches.
1: No, 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 no. no. It's because of Glendale that we had so many uh, friends. All my friends were in Glendale. Oh. Uh, all my old high school and and elementary school. Uh, Kids were in, in Glendale, and I wanted to be with them. I wanted to socialize. We didn't have anybody in uh, in, <coughs> in Virginia except you know, a couple of friends, uh, so I wanted to get out of uh, East Coast and uh, to California. So, uh, so I had to quit my job. You know, as I said, without without realizing whether I'm going to have a home in California or. How long is it going to take me to find a job in California? Most people find jobs and then they move. I just close my eyes Not and us, move. Max.
0: We just do it. No, we just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you figure it out later. Yeah.
1: Uh, and that was that was one of the big challenges. You know, quitting a good job, people that like you and you like them, is very hard. You know, Uh had I stayed there, I don't know what would have happened. But, but I'm very glad we moved to California because it took me about three months to find a job with uh, with the county uh, as an analyst. You um, I was I was working with. Uh, I started as a contractor first. You know, independent contractor, not an employee, but. Uh, My boss said, Hey, Rand, uh, do you want to become a permanent employee? This is like after three months of working as a contractor. And I said, well, as a contractor, I'm, you know, my contracting company is paying a lot of money to me to be a contractor because you have no benefits, but instead you have good salary. There's no benefits, no insurance, no nothing. Everything is up to you, but you get paid good. Almost double the, the employee. And I said, wow, am I going to lose all this money and and, and become a, a regular employee? I talked with my wife, Asia, your mother, and we sort of uh, um, uh, weighed it out a little bit. And she said, hey, your aunt, uh yeah, your salary is going to be cut almost in half. Do you really want to Go there and and I said, well, listen, I'm gonna have insurance, I'm gonna have retirement, uh, you know, I've paid towards security, blah blah blah. It might be good, I don't know. Besides, they gotta, they may raise your salary, or, or I'm, I'm sure they raise your salary and they give you a position later on, blah blah blah. So that was a decision that I made, and I never regretted it because. It is. It was good. Now I'm retired for almost twelve years, and the money is coming in, <laughs> both for my wife and myself. You know, uh, and what what would have I have done had, as I said, as a contractor, I would have had maybe uh, tons of money in the bank, but nothing else is coming in, and how. How, how how am I going to go ahead and live if, if that money dwindles you know as we go along yeah. so but right now uh, i am happy and my decision was right and uh, i never regretted it coming back uh, coming to Fresno you know from Virginia uh, it took us uh, five or six days in a
0: in a rider truck another another road trip another road trip i remember that it was days. like five days where we stopped my, my favorite part of that was uh there was like that extra cab part in the rider where yeah. we put the couch yeah yeah and so i could couch. go through this little hole you and i could it. actually like legit sleep it's a, it was like a bed yeah I, and i remember too gosh i had like this little mini tv and when i say mini tv i'm talking like six inches by 12 inches by like 12 inches long like a TV, like a full-on tube TV that I would connect my Nintendo to, and if I had a way to power it up, I could play Nintendo and the Rider. And gosh, what a nu- what a what yeah. a crazy trip!
1: Yeah, we used to stop. Uh, well, we we I remember the accident we have in Tennessee.
0: <laughs> the one you the, the where you backed the trailer uh, up into a yeah, car. I had I had the tr-
1: I had the truck and the trailer that the forerunner was on the trailer. Yeah. So I hit this. Uh, yeah. This uh, Hillman, I think it was a Hillman uh, vehicle. It was a small vehicle, and uh, I think it was my fault. But uh, the, uh, the the Tennessee police found her guilty because
0: she had no license. Oh. Her license was revoked. Wow. Um, okay, cool. That was a lot right there. You, you literally answered <coughs> like three or four of my questions as you were talking, so... Uh, no, sorry, I guess took uh, no, so no. Long. Us prepping, us prepping last night was pretty good. Um, okay, here I've got, I've got one here. So, out of all your accomplishments, which ones are you most proud of, and why?
1: Raising a decent child, uh, is, is was a big accomplishment, and raising you the way I wanted you to be, uh, came to be true and. I must say that I was successful in that. Although we had our problems, you and I, especially when you you were a kid, I reprimanded you so many times, uh, and you learned from it. And uh, I must say that you did well in elementary school, you did well in uh, high school, college, and and later in your life, and... uh, I think I did a good job raising you, both your mom and I.
0: Nice. You know, uh, nice. I'm still proud of you. Thank you. Well, I, f- I think back at it too, like I always like I was always a little bit of a troublemaker. Like I always like to talk a lot and I'd be like the loud one in boys. class or I might be like, yeah, like I might be like, hey, let's go like prank call them or knock on their door, playful stuff. But I think for the most part, when I think about it, like I always cared about wanting to get good grades. I always cared about uh, <laughs> wanting to follow follow the rules, I, I you know I'm a I'm a rule follower.
1: When, when we talk, things keep popping up. You said prank calls. I remember was when we were in
0: Vancouver. Oh my gosh, uh, I used to prank uh, call so much.
1: And your cousin Alan was there too. You dialed nine one one, and the oh police my came. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, that was so funny, and you you guys were like, Gosh, "Can you imagine prank calling nine one one these days? You'd probably go to jail for ten years." Back then, they were like, you know, yeah, slap on the wrist. Um, I did, I did like the prank call a lot. Um, it was very playful. It wasn't like mean or rude, but just dumb, like laughing at our own jokes. We'd prank call, laugh at our own joke, and then yeah. not even be able to talk anymore and hang up. Like, yeah. So anyway. So raising me. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, All right. You've witnessed many changes in the world during your lifetime. Uh, What is one of those changes and how did that change impact your view on life?
1: I grew up in the sixties and seventies. Those are my, my youth years, my younger years. And. Now that I look back, at that time, I never appreciated it. But now that I look back and see where I am right now in this era, life was simple. I'm sure in about 30 years, you would say life in 2023 was simple. Well, I'm I'm already saying
0: life in the 90s was so simple. Even in the early 2000s, it was so simple. Nowadays, we're just being bombarded with... So yeah.
1: what, what we had in, in those days was like, uh, we didn't have computers and internet, but we had letters and person-to-person interaction. Mm. Okay, when you called somebody in an office, a person would talk to you. Now it's all automated and you're <laughs> talking with robots. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't understand. Could you please repeat that? Or please, option two, uh, press option yeah, two. Yeah, it, it, like it gets annoying really, sometimes. Yeah. So, uh,
0: sorry, what was the question? <laughs> you were on a good one. You were, you were, you were killing it. Uh, the the, 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 <coughs> the question was: You've witnessed a lot of things in your lifetime. What was one of those significant changes that yeah, shaped? Yeah, the significant you know? change. So like, was the computers, especially the
1: the the personal computers that you take it home and and, and play with it. But those days were not internet. The, the, well, there was an internet called Prodigy or something. But and nobody was was on it. But then the internet came along, and uh, internet was a great thing that came along. But it brought lots of bad things with it. Uh, not it, the internet didn't bring bad things with it. People use the it for people, bad reasons. People use it, of course. For bad it's like reasons, anything. Okay. Yeah, of course. So they always find a way of defrauding you, a way of you know getting to your bank account or uh, talking with naive. Uh, uh, gullible people and and and, and you know and, and defrauding them uh that's 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 the thing that's that's the big change that and you know this change back in the 50s 60s 70s and even early 80s the change was sort of more or less linear upwards but as you hit the 2000 2010 2020 so on it suddenly, it's suddenly like a hockey stick yeah it it goes up exponentially, yeah. and it's still doing exponentially. Now we are dealing with uh, uh, JAT-GPT, uh, <laughs> AI. AI, artificial intelligence. and and now, In my days, when we were set to write an essay, we had to write a three- or four-page essay. Nowadays, you ask JAT- Ch- Chat gpt to write the essay for you.
0: I of education is I think it is limited to like a thousand characters or something like that. But no, you, look, I mean, I remember when we used to, in, in math class, I had those TI-82 calculators and we were, our minds were blown at how we could do co- cosine and sine and all that stuff. It's like nowadays the phone is like, it does everything for you. It Chat GPT, you. Yeah, you know, but, but that's, just, that's just it. But I mean, I remember talking about the computer. We were on the up and up because you've always been involved with computers and I remember in the, in like the eighties, like eighty seven or eighty eight. I remember coming home one day, and you were in the living room with this big computer on the kitchen table, and it, you were telling telling me about it. And I was like, "Wow!" And you had a couple games on there that I was playing on floppy disk, and that was the start of it. You know, yeah, I remember yeah, computers. Yeah. We and we had that, it early, that early old on.
1: dinosaur. That old dinosaur those days cost me twenty five hundred dollars. Whereas with twenty five hundred dollars today, you can buy the you can buy a supercomputer. Supercomputer, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, but I then mean,
0: your phone, the phone you have right now is is insanely more powerful than that thing that, that brick course, that was on. Of course, of you know it, know it was I mean? an
1: eight bit computer. Eight bit computer. I don't can know, you imagine eight bit computer now? These days are my laptop is now sixty four bit
0: computer. Yeah, that was
1: an eight bit computer. Couldn't do a whole lot.
0: It's so crazy. And then, but the I learned a lot
1: from it. I learned a lot from it. Uh, from it,
0: you know, using it, it
1: taught me a lot.
0: um Okay, this is a, a fun question here. So, you know, you grew up in chemistry. You transitioned from chemistry to computers. You know, you've I, you you always tutored me in math. You were a very analytical person. You've always been good with budgets and spreadsheets and all this other stuff. I do remember as a kid, you did have a passion for photography. I remember different lenses you would buy and different like effects you would do before like digital photography was a thing. And, and then after retirement, you started painting, um, with watercolors and oils. You love to garden. I feel like you've always loved to garden. Um, do you have like an, uh, have you always had this artistic side of you or is that something that's new? That's come around. No, I, I
1: never had that. Uh, the painting started after retirement. But as you said, the gardening was in me from the very beginning. Um, even as a child, I used to plant seeds uh, and watching them grow. I, I loved it. I even I even do that to this day. But uh, photogra- uh, photography was also... I, I started photography when I bought my camera when I was in London. And, and Asia and I used to go uh, sightseeing... Uh, in London, I used to take the camera with me, take tons of photos for a day. But painting started uh, after my retirement. I started painting palm trees because they were easy to paint. And then I realized there could be a sky behind it or a mountain behind it or a river in front of it or whatever the case may be. So I started developing myself. I, I never looked at the internet to look at sceneries and copy them. Uh, of course, I looked at them. I I looked at tons of them, and then I I, I used to watch uh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross was uh, was fantastic. He was awesome. I mean, he he made so easy, you know, to uh, uh, for you to understand, you know, how how your strokes go on the brush. But I never ever. Could do whatever he uh, whatever he was producing, but you know, I, I I did sceneries most of the time. I to this day I cannot draw a face, uh, but I can draw uh, sceneries, water, sky. How many earth, times have you tried sky. to draw a face? Uh, uh, several times, but it came out like a caricature, uh, ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Distorted, mutant. Uh, it's definitely tough. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I haven't used your uh, gift card yet from Michael's. I, I need what to go to Michael's for? and get some canvas and, and, and do that. $50 is going to buy me a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> go
0: use it before they close down. You can't use it. Yeah. Are they going to close what? down? No. No. Uh, what, so, what does painting do for you? It relaxes me. It totally relaxes me,
1: absolutely. Uh, and when I'm painting, uh, I don't like people talking to me, you know, because, oh. you know, I'm serious. Uh, if, if I'm painting water and water has wave, I have to figure out how to shade that area so that it will look like a wave, a small wave here right. and there. And when I'm disturbed, I. I can't. I, I cannot. I, I have to have, uh, you know, absolute uh, silence in my, uh, yeah, around me. Uh-oh. It's like painting, you know, I always related art to mathematics. Mathematics is like art. You're trying to figure out something in math, and somebody's talking to you, you get, you get distracted. You know, you, you're, you're trying to add two numbers together and somebody is talking to you and, and you're liable to make a mistake. Art is like that. Art is like, you know, math.
0: You need focus. Yeah, you need to be focused. Looking back at your life, do you have any regrets? Are there, is there anything that you wish you would have done that you didn't do? Um, or is there any advice you wish you would have had on, earlier on in life um, that you didn't get? knowing what you know now. Listen,
1: uh, when I finished school, I went to England. I spent seven years, six years there, got educated, came back. I don't think I have any regret. That was, that was a great time for me. You know, I, I loved these six or seven years in, in London. I, I really loved it. The first few months, I wanted to come back because I hated it. But you know, uh, my parents said, "Hey, you know, you gotta go ahead and give it a time and, and 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 maybe maybe it'll be okay before you make a, p- a hasty decision." And as I went to to my pre university college, I found some friends, mostly Greek friends, and suddenly my. Uh, uh, what do you call it? My 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 perspective of, of England has changed, and then uh, I had an Armenian friend as well, so that that helped me uh, a lot to uh, to stick around. Uh, I I don't know. Do I have any regrets? Uh, maybe I shouldn't have taken chemistry. I should have taken uh, some different. I don't know. But there's uh, nothing that stands out like oh I really missed the uh, boat. No, there. nothing like that I stands th- out. I'm sure I'm sure everyone even. Now, everyone uh, has regrets as to, well, I should have done this, I should have done that. But at that point in time, you don't know what the future is going to hold for you. Unless, unless you're so concentrated that this is what I'm going to do, and you're not able to do, that would be a regret. But in my case, I, I don't think I had a major
0: regret. So then, for the most part, you'd say them. you're grateful for how life unfolded for you.
1: Most of the time, yes, I had my ups and downs in life, yes, but mostly ups. So
0: right now, at this moment, I am at the up. That's awesome. That's awesome. All we got to do is get you out and exercising a little bit more. I know you always say that you exercise a lot, which you do. You walk a lot. I walk your maybe, dog a lot. Maybe building some muscle. Maybe we'll go climb. A, remember you asked me that one time you said, you said, hey, you said, uh, Theo, first time Theo's on the podcast. Um, you came to me one day and you said, Hey, is it hard to hike to the top of Mount Baldy? Like you kind of wanted to come with me, but, uh, I had trouble walking the red hill. I know the big red, the big red, the big red. That's a, yeah. I mean, so just so you know, um, Mount Baldy is like that for four hours. S- you know, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I know um, I asked you this question yesterday. So you know so much about space that like the average person doesn't know. And um, I asked you, I said, if you had the chance to fly into space for a reasonable price, would you? And you immediately said, no, I wouldn't even do it for free. And I asked you why. And you said, because you would be scared to go. Yeah. You were scared and I was like yeah. I would have I, thought it would be like <laughs> the money, not the like if you have the opportunity to do something no. that 99.9% of people probably won't experience. How could you say no? And then I I wondered, well, how did I get the way to be the way I am where like that stuff excites me, like the scary stuff that most people are like, "Oh, I'd never do that." How come I'm like, "Ooh, I wonder what that would feel like?" Like as you wouldn't be as, interested in as like
1: as much as I am. I love space, universe, and its uh, its its total immensity. I I, I cannot I cannot tolerate uh, uh, in in a place where there is no gravity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it will kill me eventually. It will destroy my bones and yeah. are not gonna be up there forever. Engers. You'll be up there for like I know, whatever for a few days.
0: Yeah, nothing's happened. But, but I feel like I would like be
1: claustrophobic. In space, well, you shouldn't be claustrophobic in space. Space
0: is is a big place, but there's nothing in there for you to
1: see, you know, around yourself. I guess
0: it's really just going up really high and then looking at the Earth, and seeing the Earth well, as that, a whole. That's a great experience. That would be still that would be pretty, like that. like you know Google Earth, but like actually seeing yeah, it in real yeah, life. Yeah, um, would be pretty great. But but I think coming back into the atmosphere is just insanity, right? Like you're oh, coming you in, were. it's so fast, like the it's so hot. You know, like so. The thing mean, like 15, is, you're coming 000? from
1: from from an emptiness in vacuum. Suddenly, you hit you hit air. Now, just imagine this: you are on a diving board in air, and you dive into the water. It hurts your head. Yeah,
0: especially if you don't like thing. if you do a belly flop, you're ruined.
1: Oh yeah, it's the same thing. You you're coming from a medium that there is there is no matter, and then you <laughs> gradually hit. Hit, hit air and it gets thicker and thicker as you come down the friction of course it will will heat you up and and burn you up that's that, <laughs> uh, we are lucky we have atmospheres that most of the asteroids coming down uh they get they, they disintegrated before they uh, they become dust before they hit earth but space itself the reason i'm interested in space is because of its immensity it's it it's, it's too big it's it's mind-boggling it's It's so big. And I mean, right now, people look at the universe and they only see the observable part of it. There is universe behind it. And because the space is expanding at greater than the speed of light, we know that nothing can go with the speed of light except space itself. So as it goes greater than the speed of light, the things back there behind behind the observable universe try to, so we try to see them, their light is coming at the speed of light. So as you go faster than the speed of light and you go at the speed of light, that light never reaches your eye because the space pushes it away. Yeah. And see, therefore this is you, what you cannot do. <laughs> see. You cannot see what's behind the observable universe. That's impossible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You just start the space conversation and all of a sudden you're just like
1: Psh. Oh, and then there are
0: billions of galaxies,
1: billions and billions of as Carl Sagan would say, billions and billions of stars That's... and billions and billions of galaxies. I mean this is this is absolutely mind boggling and and I can, I can talk about it for
0: hours on end, but... Uh, well, we might have to do a part two. <laughs> we might have to do a, a, a part two here. You'll be one of my first returning guests, but I just want to say I love you. Thank you for for doing an amazing job raising me and for being a guest on my podcast. I never actually thought that this would happen, and I was like, I should interview my dad. So, Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks everything. for coming on and sharing. and, and I appreciate uh, it. Yeah awesome and if you guys like this um make sure you show us some social media love you know uh you know like the the post share the post maybe comment below if you've got any questions for make sure you comment below and let us know and we'll catch you on the next one